reading the account of the Magi's visit to the Lord Jesus Christ. Beginning at verse 1. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way. And the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. In this account of the Magi's visit. Surely we see at least a glimpse of what we all want more of in this new year, 2022. Even if we do not profess to be a Christian, we want what these Magi found. In these Magi, we see God providing guidance telling them where to go, leading them all the way to the Christ child. We also see God protecting them from evil and from harm, telling them not to go back to Herod. Surely we all need that kind of guidance in this new year as this pandemic drags on. We need guidance on where to go and we need protection to avoid those things that would be harmful to us. And then we see that they also experienced great joy, exceeding great joy. They're overjoyed. Couldn't we all do with some more joy in the new year? They found, by God's guidance, what we all want more of in the new year. But why is it 
that God allowed the Magi to experience these good gifts. When everyone else in the story misses it, they don't receive the guidance. They don't receive the protection. They don't receive the joy, the exceeding joy. Why is that? Well, when it comes to Herod, the answer is pretty straightforward. Herod is rather obviously the villain in this story with malicious and malign intent toward the Christ child. He is obsessively jealous over anyone who would threaten his reign. He's been in power now by this time for at least 35 years. And he hasn't earned that rule by being nice or by brokering any rivals. He's ruled that long by a ferocious tenacity, by violence if necessary, to eliminate anyone or anything that would threaten his rule. So clearly, Herod has no desire to really see what God has done. He only wants to eliminate the threat. So we can rule him out. I mean, most of us at least are not outwardly, ruthlessly, violently opposed to Christ. Now I think our danger lies in what kept these scribes and these priests from seeing the baby Jesus. We need to bear down on them. Because there's something keeping them from pursuing what God has revealed. They have the scriptures. They have the knowledge. They know exactly where the the Christ is to be born. And they're all in agreement on this. There's not one saying, well, I, I think he's supposed to be in Jerusalem. No, no. They all agree when the Christ comes, when the Messiah comes, he will be born in the city of David. Bethlehem of Judah. So what is it? What is the roadblock standing in their way? Well, it's the same roadblock that keeps so many from finding Jesus today. The same roadblock. And it's a deceptive and subtle roadblock. And it's a roadblock that our enemy, Satan, loves to place in our way because it is so dangerous and so deceptive and ultimately so deadly. It's so effective. And in his cunning, he knows what will work against my heart and your heart. The roadblock. What is the roadblock? The roadblock is simply this. Casual indifference. Casual indifference. You don't have to be visibly opposed to Jesus 
to fail to see Jesus. It's just casual indifference. So subtle. So dangerous. But this is what happens. When casual indifference stands as a roadblock in the path of our lives, it leads us to take a detour. Just as when you're driving down the road and there's an accident, there's construction, and you need to get off the road. And the human race has been on this detour so long that we've even forgotten that we're on a detour. And this is exactly as our enemy would have it. He wants us to think, you're never going to get what you want by staying on this highway. Get off the road. Doesn't that detour look so much more appealing? That road is so wide. It's so new. It's so well paved. Surely that will get you what you want. If you take that detour, you'll have the guidance you need. You'll have the protection against all that is harmful. That will give you the joy. That will satisfy the desires of your heart. Just take the detour. And just as the fruit looked good to Adam and Eve and they ate, so also the detour looks good to us. And many get off the main highway, thereby fulfilling the words of the Lord Jesus when he says in Matthew 7, verse 13, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road. That leads to destruction. And many enter through it. This is normative. This is what normally happens. This road, it's, the gate is wide, it's broad, it's well paved. And we want to take it. But small is the gate. And narrow the road that leads to life. And only a few find it. These magi found it. By God's grace, they found it. Everyone else remains on this detour. They remain on the broad road. This roadblock keeps them from staying on the narrow path. It keeps them from seeing that it is only on this narrow path of God's will, of God's will, that we can fulfill what we were created to do, which is to glorify God, to worship God, to enjoy Him forever. And there is only one road that will get you there. And that road has a name. It's Jesus. It's the one who says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. No one will have the guidance. No one will have the protection. No one will have the joy. No one will have the salvation that we all long for, that we're all looking for, that we're all craving, except through him. So we need to bear down on this roadblock of casual indifference. 
And we need to examine our lives, examine our hearts, examine our thinking to see where this is present. And it can be present even if you've been a Christian, even if you've been born again. There are still remnants. There are still tendencies toward this casual indifference. And if we are to have the guidance and the protection, the joy that we long for in 2022, we need to pay attention to this. Look at these high priests and teachers of the, the law, these scribes. The Magi come asking, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star and King Herod is disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. And so he calls together his advisors. Tell me, where is the Messiah to be born again? I haven't read the scriptures in a while. Remind me, right? And, and the scribes do, and they, they cite Micah 5.2 to remind him it's Bethlehem. And then Herod calls the Magi and sends them. But nobody else goes. And so often this casual indifference is a result of our misguided expectations. Misguided expectations. No doubt, these high priests, these teachers of the law, these scribes are expecting that when the Messiah comes, there will be a great display of signs. There will be the equivalent of fireworks. Trumpets will blast. We'll know. Of course, he's to be born in Bethlehem, and that's not really the, the place that most people are paying attention to, but surely we will know when the Messiah comes, right? And their expectations of this magnificent arrival keep them from seeing that this is a lowly and gentle king who comes in a way that defies the world's expectations. who is born off the world's radar. When the rest of the world is fixated on what Caesar Augustus is doing, what Herod the Great is doing, God sent His one and only Son to leave heaven, to leave the privileges of heaven, to assume human nature, to cry as every baby cries. To be hungry, to be thirsty. To know hurt, to know pain, to know grief, and to even know death. But he comes in this quiet, humble way. And they miss the fact that this is a spiritual kingdom that he is bringing. His kingdom is not of this world as much as we want it to be of this world. And this is where we need to examine our own expectations. Surely when God is, is moving, surely when God is prompting me to do something, I'll know. It'll be big. It'll be flashy. It'll be loud. It'll be clear. And we miss God in the still, small voice. We look for Him in the fire and the earthquake and the wind. 
but we miss him. We, we come to, to church, we come to a worship service, and we want something to be big and, and magical and, and moving. And we're missing all along. What you get out of a worship service in large part depends on what you bring to a worship service. If you're expecting a big crowd, a big event, and then it's not that way, well, you're going to be disappointed and you're going to miss it. But if you come saying, surely the Lord is in this place. Surely I can encounter Him in and through His Word. God shows up where two or more are gathered in His name. Oh, then your expectations will be fulfilled. And you will receive the guidance and the protection and the joy that you need and that we all long for. So examine your expectations of God. How do you expect God to show up? Are you like the high priest and the scribe saying, yes, I'm ready. If God shows up, surely I'll know it. Are you ready for God to surprise you, to shock you, to humble you? The scribes weren't. And as a result, they remained stuck on the detour, missing the mark. But also, this casual indifference shows up in another way. It shows up in the form of their privilege. Their privilege. And to be sure, their privilege, from a socioeconomic standpoint, this is the elite of this day and time. These are the ones who have been educated, who profit off of the greatness of Herod and his kingdom. Certainly they are privileged when it comes to social status and economic status. And that certainly can contribute to casual indifference. When we're experiencing prosperous times, what do we need with Jesus? We're good, right? We don't really need anything. We're comfortable exactly where we are. Of course, we need a Hail Mary every now and then. Someone gets sick. We get sick. Of course, we need help then, but... In the main, prosperity dulls our sense of need. Remember that. But what is far more important here is their religious privilege. Their religious privilege. They have the Scriptures and they know the Scriptures. They know where the Messiah is to be born. And contrast their privilege with the poverty of these magi. We don't know exactly where they came from, but we know that they are far from Israel and from the promises of Israel, from the covenant of Israel, and from the patriarchs of Israel. They're Gentiles, they're of the nations, practicing probably some form of astrology with the tendency to. to Look to the stars, to look to a horoscope, to interpret life, to look for guidance and protection in the stars, worshiping the creation instead of the Creator. These are Gentiles, far from God, 
They don't have the scriptures. They don't know where the Savior is to be born. They have to ask. And yet they're the ones who find him. How can this be? It's because our religious privilege can also breed contempt. And of all people, those of us here in the Bible Belt, those of us who maybe cannot remember a time when we didn't go to church, who can't remember a time when we didn't know the Christmas story, we of all people made it to hear this most. We know the Scriptures. We have the Scriptures. We virtually all have a copy of the Scriptures at home. And if you don't have that, you can just get on the internet and find any number of translations. We have these things. We've read these things. We know where the Messiah is to be born. But are we like these scribes? And we sit back and say, oh, of course, we know that. No need to pursue this any further. No need to go any deeper know this. After all, we're, we're church people. We've been baptized, right? Oh, the casual indifference that can so subtly and so dangerously creep in to our spiritual lives. So that we read the scriptures and it just washes over us, has no effect on us. We just lose interest. And this is one of the greatest tools that the enemy will use is to dampen your interest in the Word of God. You don't care to show up for Bible study? You're not really interested in praying? You've, you've been there, done that. And we fall into the trap of the high priests and the scribes, and we're just as blind as they were. Is that casual indifference in you? And this casual indifference, sometimes it's, it's so subtle because we, we find something else to be far more interesting. Whatever's going on in the news, whatever they're talking about on social media, surely that's more interesting. And we can get so, so lulled as we're driving down this detour that we've forgotten where we were trying to go in the first place. And we've lost track of how to get back on the main road. And we just keep barreling down this wide highway. Looking at whatever might be interesting. Whatever's flashy. Whatever gives us a shot of dopamine. And all the while, our hearts are becoming more and more hardened. Beware of this deadly and subtle danger. And here's one more evidence of this casual indifference. No doubt, these high priests, these scribes, don't pursue the Scriptures because they're afraid of Herod. They're afraid of Herod. And you need to know this about yourself. We're all prone to do what seems most reasonable, most comfortable, and most convenient at any given time. And it's just easier to stay with Herod than to go with the Magi. 
Because we're the, we're the privileged people after all. These magi, we don't know who they are. If they find anything, surely they'll come tell us. We don't need to go ourselves. It's more comfortable to simply sit in the pew and let a preacher tell you what the Word of God says than to investigate it for yourself, to read the Scriptures with your own eyes, to receive firsthand, personal, intimate knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's so much easier to let a proxy do that so that, in effect, we turn someone else into our priest. He or she will mediate for us. We'll rely on the faith of our parents, our grandparents. Surely that's good enough. Oh, and the voice of casual indifference takes over. Where does this detour lead? It takes a heavy toll as it took on the high priests and the scribes. The detour's toll payment is this. Your life. Your life. Because of all their privilege, because of all their comfort, because they have the Scriptures, they know the Scriptures, and they should be pursuing where the Scriptures point, where they lead, they are guilty of the greater condemnation. And you and I will be guilty of the greater condemnation if we do not heed what God has given if we do not listen to what he has said, what does it profit a man, says Jesus, if he gains the whole world but forfeits his very soul? This detour that we are all on by default as sinners in this fallen world, because we think the, the roadblock is keeping us from getting back on the main highway, this detour leads to destruction and death and condemnation. Wake up! Many, many will find it. But only few will make their way back onto the narrow and the straight highway that leads to life, that leads to God, that leads to the source of life. So what can we see in these magi that can help us remove, by God's grace, this roadblock and get back on the main highway? Here's the way back. Here's the way back. Worship King Jesus. Worship King Jesus. It's evident from the very beginning of the narrative. The Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and they asked, where is the one who's been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. Notice they don't say, is there someone born king of the Jews? They say, where is he? We know he's been born because we've seen the sign. And we want to worship him. Are you following the signs that God has provided in your life? Just take stock of your life. I, I pray that at, at some time over the, these holidays, you either have or you will experience real joy with family, with friends. Enjoy the gift of good food, the gift of 
of love within a loving context of family and friends. I pray that, that, that you will know that. But even beyond that, just look at your life and look for these good and perfect gifts that are scattered throughout your life. No matter what you've been through, there is some evidence of God's goodness evident in your life. For these magi, it took the form of this supernatural star that's leading them, that's guiding them. And there's something in your life that points to that same guidance, that same provision of God. Do you really believe that in this vast, cold, dark universe that you just randomly receive those good things? Or do you believe that there is a good and holy and sovereign Father overseeing it all? Follow the signs. But ultimately, those signs, that star, won't get you to the Christ child apart from the Word of God. We need the specificity of the Word of God, the clarity of the Word of God. We need those who were moved by the Holy Spirit to write what God told them to write, to point us to Christ, to show us the way to Bethlehem, to worship Him. What is your attitude toward the Scriptures? care at all? Is it boring? Or do you believe these scriptures point the way to Christ? This is the way back to the narrow path. This is the way. Walk in it. This is how we trust in the Lord with all of our hearts. This is how we acknowledge Him in all of our ways. We saturate our lives with His Word. So we don't lean on our own understanding. We don't lean on what is comfortable, what is convenient. What makes sense to us? We trust God and we take Him at His Word. And we're going to give priority to His Word. We put Him first. And the Scriptures point to Christ, rightly understood. They point to Christ. And then look at this scene when the Magi encounter Christ. After this long, arduous journey, they see the star leading them. They are overjoyed. Finally, yes, this is what we've been waiting for. This is what we've been looking for. Our seeking has not been in vain. This narrow road with all the valleys and the twists and the turns and, and all the struggles of this journey, they've led us to the answer, to the desire of nations. And when they come, what do they do? There are two things. First, they offer themselves. They bowed down and worshiped him. They recognize that he is worthy, that he is greater, that he is better than anyone or anything else in this world. They offer their hearts, they offer their lives. And this is what worship is. This is what we're trying to do when we gather in the name of Jesus. Is to praise him, to say, God, you are great. Your son is the answer to what ails me and what ails this world. But then they offer their gifts. They've offered themselves and they offer their gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Not to earn 
the favor of this king, but to show their thanks to this king for who he is and all that he will do for his people. Do you see the difference between the cold, casual indifference of the scribes and the high priests and the passionate desire of the Magi? Do you see God's grace in all this that those who are far from him have been brought near to him? And those who are near to him, who honor him with their lips, are in fact far from him. So also today, so also today. Don't lean on your religious privilege. Don't lean on your background. Don't lean on the fact that your grandparents and your great-grandparents were good religious folks. Do you know him? Have you worshipped him? Do you love him? Because it's so easy to love the idea of Jesus. It's so easy to love the idea of prayer. Who doesn't want to call upon a higher power? But to actually love Jesus and to practice prayer. To put your heart and your life where your mouth is. Oh. This is the real deal. This is the real thing. Is that reality in you by the work of the Holy Spirit? Has God brought about this transforming change? Well, the evidence of it will be, what are you offering him? Have you offered him your life? Have you given him your heart? Great. Praise God. He's worthy of your life and so much more because only he can give you life because he gave his life to purchase your life by his blood. But don't stop there. You may not have gold. You may not have frankincense. You may not have myrrh. But you have time. You have talents. And you do have treasure. To some degree, are you offering that to him? May we all worship him in 2022. May we offer ourselves, offer our lives, and offer the very best that we have. May we put him first in everything. May we not be deceived into taking those detours. They won't lead to life. They only lead to destruction. May we stay on the highway of God's will as guided by the light of his word. We know this is the time when many are are making resolutions. And so I pray that you will join me in this resolution as we go into this new year. It's this. May we repent of any, any casual indifference toward Christ. Repent of it. Turn from it. Turn away. And may we resolve in 2022, by God's grace, we can't work this up, we can't conjure this up, we can't manufacture this on our own, we must have God's grace, we must have the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, but by his grace, may we resolve to pursue Christ, pursue him more passionately in thought, word, and deed. Would you join me in that resolution in this new year?
to repent of any casual indifference, however severe, and resolve to pursue Him passionately, to run with perseverance the race marked out for us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before Him endured the cross and scorned its shame. And may that start by coming to this table, by receiving these simple elements. Because this meal, this humble meal, should disabuse us of any casual indifference toward the one who set the table. Jesus was anything but cold and disinterested and indifferent toward you when he went to the cross and gave his life and shed his blood. And he is anything but indifferent and cold and disinterested toward you now when he holds out the offer of salvation in him. How dare we remain cold and indifferent toward him, toward such a Savior. May the Holy Spirit kindle within us a renewed passion for Christ, for his glory, for his kingdom, and for his church. So many today say, I, I love Jesus, but they have no desire to be in church. They don't care. And Omicron and the pandemic, it tends to be an excuse. Not always, but often. May God protect you and protect me from making any excuses from loving Him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. May we worship Him. It's what we were created to do. Amen. Let's go to Him in prayer. Lord, as we approach this table, your table, help us to examine ourselves. To look even in those places in our lives where we would rather not look. To those tendencies, to those attitudes, those postures that, that are keeping us from enjoying full and abundant life in you. To those temptations, to those idols that we love so much and that we cling to so dearly. I pray, Lord, that you would help us to see you as the only one who can give us eternal and abundant life. As the only one who can satisfy the deepest longings of our hearts. Who can fill us with exceeding joy in this new year. Who can guide us and direct us and protect us. Lord, may we settle for no one else and nothing else but you. Lord, use this meal as we proclaim the death of your Son, our Lord Jesus, to draw us closer to yourself, to transform us, and to empower us to be your people in this world. For we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.